Hey, this is Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. Chad, it's time for another special edition of the Friendly Confines where we get to take the interviews we have done and give the listeners a full opportunity to listen just to the interview. They don't even have to listen to us anymore. What do you think of that? I love it. It's It's been such a great opportunity to showcase, as we've said before, nobody gets better guests. Just in the last couple of months, Pat Hughes, Len Casper, Chris Myers, Mike Greenberg, such great talent from the Marquee Network as well, which we're going to be showcasing today. But keep in mind, we have a lot more coming, and uh, you're going to be very excited to hear who's coming up next week. That's right. But first, here is Elise Meneker from the Marquee Network. She's a Chicago native. She went to Cornell University. She played softball there. She played overseas as well. She's also on the Big Ten Network, but she provides great insight. She's kind of a do-it-all, kind of -of jack-of-all-trades sort of on-air talent at Marquee, and she was kind enough to join us in this special edition of the Friendly Confines. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we're very excited for our guest this week. You can find her, of course, on her new home at the Marquee Network. You, of course, can also see her on the Big Ten Network, she is the newest member of the team. It is our pleasure to welcome Elise Meneker here to the Friendly Confines. Elise, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the seventh inning stretch. It's great to talk to you. Ryan, thank you so much for having me on. Really, the pleasure is all mine. I just as long as you don't, you're not going to make me sing, right? This is no, just, yeah. That's the <laughs> best part. We, you don't have to sing anything okay. from the stretch. That's the Great. beauty of this. It's, it's just merely the Q&A part. So Great. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, be a part of it. And of course, we want to also mention that you can find Elise on Twitter at Elise Meneker. So please make sure to uh, follow her there. And she does such a great job on the Marquee Network. She's basically a jack of all trades. She's hosting. She's doing, you know, the sideline reporting. She's doing podcasts. So obviously um, you can find her on a lot of the platforms that the Marquee Network is all about. So Elise, let's start here um, as we record this podcast and the Cubs off to such an amazing start, um, you know, as we head into the series this week with the Cleveland Indians already looking good. I I think a lot of people are just pointing the finger at David Ross and saying it was this simple of a fix. Is is (laughs) that really what it is at this point? When you look at this team, is David Ross really just the X factor that's kind of change the attitude of this club or are there other variables that have made this team look as good as they have so far man I mean it's hard not to look at David Ross right now uh and even the players are are pointing to him you know I keep thinking about a couple of times now in the past couple of weeks John Lester specifically has mentioned David Ross and you hear a lot to start this season about the team's energy and that's what Lester's talking about he's like hey you see our energy we're really just a reflection of our manager David Ross he's locked in every pitch that's kind of where we're getting it from and you can tell this team in the dugout you know anytime I've been on 
on sidelines at the game. And I don't know if it's a factor of no fans in the stands and it's something you just notice more, but I, I really think it's about this team and you notice the conversations they're having in the dugout. You notice that they are very focused. They're having fun. They're loose. Um, and David Ross is letting them be free. So it's kind of one of those things It's as you start to watch this team, I, I do look at that energy and the way they're clicking and then how Ross kind of breeds that because that's what you look at when you're looking at a championship caliber team. I do look at those intangibles. We can talk about the talent, of course, and I'm sure we will. But, yeah, it seems to start at the top. And now the way it's filtering down, it's a great combination for the Cubs so far. And one of the big things that we've seen is the rotation, Elise, has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, It starts with in my opinion, John Lester, who has had the two best starts out of everybody in the rotation. I know they dropped him um, to the fourth spot this year. Maybe that was for the best. But Hey, that's good if John Lester is your fourth man in your rotation. <laughs> right. No, 100%. And But I guess I would say at this point, at least, he's, he's proving, even at 36, to not only still be the best pitcher in that rotation, but you're, you know, I know it's early, but I have to believe if he continues to pitch like this, the Cubs need to pick up that option for next year too. No. Well, also to start the season two, to your point about being the fourth man in that rotation, really, that was just about stretching him out and progressing. And now that we see him kind of settle in to start this season, uh, it I think you make a good point. And it's something that hasn't really been talked about a lot to start this season, the experience that Lester brings. Now, that has been talked about on this pitching staff, but now maybe what we're seeing are the effects of that and really how it's rubbing off on the other players. I mean, look, the reason he just started against the Indians and David Ross said it was because of his his experience and the way he can handle these changes. He knew how to approach those days off and how to get ready for his start. In fact, he said he just approached it like normal. It wasn't anything new to him. He said, I just kind of, you know, pitched the way I would during the week and through the bullpens that I would. And that's how I got ready. And that's the experience that you're seeing from John Lester. So even keeled out on the mound. Uh, and so I think you make a good point with that, that it does start with him and what he brings and and being a part of that 2016 team that's coming up now a lot, too, with the core of these guys being on that team, knowing what it takes to win a championship, knowing what it takes to even just get through this season. So John Lester is doing everything he can right now to be playing his best ball. And man, is it good? Are you more impressed with the way the rotation is shaping up or more impressed by the fact that David Ross has somehow found a way to patch together this bullpen on a night in and night out <laughs> basis, knowing what he has and somehow starting to figure out, okay, I'm going to use, you know, this guy on this night, this guy on this night, and, you know, figure out from there how I can just basically juggle it. Um, it it's almost to their benefit. I feel like at least that it's only 60 games because I don't know how this bullpen would be if we were talking about 162 games. Can this bullpen survive the entire year the way it's looking right now with this team? I do think they can survive. Uh, When you bring up the starters in the bullpen, of course, it's been different roads for them to start this season. And yes, also the starters have been very impressive. So which one do you want to pick and talk about? So we've talked about, say, John Lester and the starters and how impressive they've been. But then kind of to your point, too, about the bullpen and the way that David Ross is piecing it together and matching it. I am not actually in favor. I shouldn't say I'm not in favor. I don't think this season we're really going to see a true closer. Um, I actually think more David Ross is going to keep doing what he's been doing. I think he's all 
all about the matchups. That's who we see go out there, just like you said, how he picks and chooses each day. Um, who's going to pitch when and who's fit for this situation? He says he doesn't pick that in advance. He's just saying, okay, where are we in this game? Who needs to be out on that mound? And this is who I'm going to go with. Um, I think, you know, with the way that Kimbrell is coming along, a lot of people immediately just said Jeremy Jeffers should be that closer then if Kimbrell isn't going to be at his best. And then, you know, I think the way that he's approached it is, to your point, it's really impressive for a first-year manager to be navigating everything that he is. Um, it is, it's impressive and it's kind of cool. Um, it's kind of fun. Every day, we're not even just seeing different guys come out from the bullpen. In this lineup, we haven't seen the same lineup on back-to-back days. And I think that's part of that energy that we talk about. That's partly what's breeding this family uh, mentality and the way this team is working together. Uh, it's To me, it's just all, it's like this domino effect of how it all kind of feeds off of each other. And I think the bullpen is no different than any other position on the field right now with how he's working that. Now, you mentioned the lineup, and, and that's a great point. And obviously, it has been marvelous so far to watch this lineup play. Um, but I'm going to pick at it just a little bit. I'm <laughs> curious what your perspective is on this, only because I, I know the leadoff position is obviously something that this has been a point of an issue since 2017. But at some point, do you think David Ross has to look at the lineup, knowing how short the season is, and say, maybe I have to drop Chris Bryant down to the two or the three spot and think about putting, let's say, an Ian Happ in the one hole or, you know, whoever that may be, somebody else, um, a Nico Horner, for instance. Where do you stand on that to see Bryant leading off and how much more rope he maybe gets in that spot before you maybe... So it's funny because I've thought about this and I'm like, well, I'm not the one that's 11 and three right now. So I mean, whatever David Ross <laughs> is doing is working. Um, so I'm not really the person probably that should be making these calls, but I know where you're going with this because Brian just isn't having the production at the plate right now. And the top of the lineup, you could say um, just as a whole, isn't producing the way that they are. And yet this team is still winning games. And that's because of just how they're working together. And even the way the bottom of the lineup has come through at the plate. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've even thought like could the way Ian Happ is hitting could he be a great leadoff hitter but what's that saying don't you know don't fix it if it ain't broken so as long as they're winning games I don't think you're going to see anything really change besides just these lineups on a daily basis to coincide with the matchup that works for the team on that given day um, but down the road could that happen I wouldn't be surprised with the way guys at the bottom of the order are hitting and then if you want kind of like that light bulb at the top Um, but here's the thing, what the bottom of the lineup has said and what David Ross has said about this bottom of the lineup is that the reason the bottom of the lineup is having success is because the way the top of the lineup and their quality of bats, the pitches that they're seeing, like Schwarber taking so many pitches last night and just following them off and the bat, the quality at bats he's been really happy with. I think it's just a matter of time until these guys start coming along. I mean, keep in mind, these guys at the top of the lineups are the ones with the targets on their back. These are the ones that the pitchers know and they know they have to go after. What's cool about this lineup is just because you go after them, we're not seeing any let up towards the bottom of the lineup. And that's, what's fun about this team, the way they hit and no pitcher has any hitter off. Um, But I think those questions are going to come up. But like I said, as long as you win, I don't think you're going to see changes much. Yeah. I think that's a great point. You, I I couldn't uh, agree with you more on that. Elise Menacur is our guest from the marquee network, taking a few minutes of her time to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. Um, Elise, 
how has it been working for the Marquee Sports Network um, and what that has been like, you know, through the season? I know, obviously, 2020 has has probably been the most uh, unbelievable year, to, to say the least, uh, when it comes to just everything that's happening in life. And for I'm sure there's so much that you have probably taken in and appreciated so much more knowing now that we're at least playing games in the short time that you've been able to uh, be a part of it. What's that been like for you uh, through the, these first uh, few games of the season? Uh, it's been amazing. I absolutely love it. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I genuinely have loved every single day on this job. You know, I, baseball is my love. It's where my heart is. I played college softball. I played a season pro overseas. And so naturally, it's just always been a sport that I've not just been drawn to, but I grew up with. And I just love being around. Um, and so to get a job like that where I'm told every day and not to mention, I get to go cover my hometown team, the team that I grew up watching. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. So really um, when this opportunity came along, I was so thankful and grateful um, just for all those reasons that I described. And it, it has lived up to those expectations, even in this climate, even in 2020. Um, I think to your point, you appreciate every day so much being out there every day that we can have baseball every day that people are safe and healthy, and we can continue this and do it in a safe manner. Uh, I feel so lucky to be a part of it. And the truth is, I mean, you know, 2020 has not been the best year. Um, but uh, it's, it's memorable. It's historic. Uh, and I think it's going to make not just me, but everyone stronger for getting through it. And I think uh, because of what we've gone through, it's going to make the the small things in life that much better going forward. Maybe the things that you didn't always appreciate now, you're going to appreciate because we're already doing that. Elise Meneker from the Marquee Network. You can find her on Twitter at Elise Meneker. Elise, thank you so much for joining us here on the seventh inning stretch. We'd love to have you back. And I promise next time you come back, then we'll have you sing Take me out to the ball game if you'd like. All right. Totally, totally your call. Hey, you have me on. You just tell me what to do, and I do it. So if you need that from me, I'll get ready. You're the best, Elise. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, and best of luck and continued success. Ryan, thank you so much. And again, our special thanks to Elise Miniker. What a fantastic uh, insight. I really am enjoying her. Such great talent on the Marquee Network. Without a doubt. And you can find Elise on Twitter at Elise Meneker. Make sure to follow her there. She really has uh, some great things to say and is just very talented all the way around. Yeah. And uh, make sure you follow Ryan at, on Twitter. He loves being followed and he's always on Twitter. Uh, he's at Ryan D. Lieber. You can find me. I'm at the Chad Gordon. I'm getting better at the tweeting. Um, but you can always find us at the uh, on Facebook at the Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs headquarters. Uh, make sure you search for Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs and uh, ask to join. Actually, just join the page. We've got a really strong community there. And check out the announcements. We've got a tremendous contest you will absolutely want to check out. Absolutely. And, of course, we will continue to bring all the best interviews that you want to listen to every week with a new special someone that's going to be talking Cubs baseball or about baseball in general. So always make sure to check in. And listen to another episode of The Friendly Confines. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same 
When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're afield. The first time you walk into Wrigley Field, our heroes were... Hi, this is Andre Dawson, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on the Friendly Confines Podcast. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.